Welcome back to the latest episode of the Security Sprint. This is a security podcast where we go beyond the headlines and talk about security and risk news and bring about a different perspective, as well as talk about some of the news or events that you may have missed. There's a lot out there and we want to bring it to you. This is a sprint, so the way it works is we go through two rounds of topics and then do some quick hits at the end. So with that, I want to welcome in the person who is also looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn, uh, and Andy Jabor. Andy, how are you? Did you get my reference, by the way? Dave, I, I got the reference, and it kind of hurts me because we recently uh, canceled our Disney Plus membership. So I know of what you speak, but cannot enjoy it. So it's a little oh, bit is this because you're now an empty nester, Andy? Well, we didn't talk about it for a while, and so we're streamlining a couple. You know, you can only have so many subscriptions, yeah. right? So we had to make some choices, and and that one didn't make the cut, unfortunately. But Grand Admiral Thrawn, great reference back to like I think high school when those books first came out, introducing him back when like yeah. a new hardcover Star Wars book was something pretty exciting. You know, now there's a billion Star Wars, you know, things to consume, but. Great, great reference, great throwback for for the Star Wars franchiser. That was one of the first books that I really got into was those the series of Timothy yeah. Zahn books. So it was a great, great things back to the childhood for sure. So, but Andy, we, this is a sprint. We need to get going. Right. We've got a lot of topics to cover. Andy, I'm going to start with round one. And of course, the lead topic again is the is is what most people would expect but i'm also going to add in a couple other things we're going to talk go to jacksonville my former stomping ground and talk about the dollar general shooting uh very much hate based uh, uh hate based based um on that front and uh, three three individuals were killed and then the shooter was also killed as well heavily armed wrote a manifesto very deliberate this has all the indications of the hostile events attack cycle, Andy. You know, there was a lot of planning and preparedness. There's a lot of activities well staged out. He had well, uh, like equipment and the, the right resources. And it was clearly uh, uh, a well planned out and coordinated event that that ultimately did wind up with him committing suicide, which likely if we get our hands on the manifesto is probably no noted in there. Very interesting that he wrote uh, three separate versions uh, of the manifesto. I've seen some reporting about it. it's interesting that a hate-based um, manifesto gets released very easily, but a transgender one going back to the Nashville shooting, the school shooting, is not released. Let's put all that nonsense aside. There's a lot of things that we do or do not know about it. The bottom line is these manifestos provide a lot of really great insight into the hate-based thinking and the ideology. I heavily encourage individuals to read Bridget Johnson in, uh, in the Homeland Security Today. She did a great summary of this. But Annie, that wasn't the only type of incident that we had over the over the weekend. Obviously, it was the most notable. We had also with sporting events, we had two incidents. We had the Chicago White Sox. There was an incident in the stadium, uh, a shooting in the stadium. Um, and then we also had in Oklahoma a uh, shooting at a high school football game. Andy, I can only imagine the precautions that are going to go into place now at sporting events and venues, because again, while we may have a lot of clear bag policies at a lot of venues, we don't necessarily have the full gambit that we may have in other venues. And so I think you, as you start to see some of these things, we need to start evaluating those and, and discussing and assessing whether they apply to your venue. So Andy, a lot to cover there. It is 
the sprint. We're going to have a lot of links in the show notes, but your thoughts on the weekend activities. Yeah, I mean, David, as you know, we were building our daily today, the sun, um, there's so much you know, random violence this weekend, random violence, unexpected sort of frustrated fan violence. And then, you know, we saw tragically in Jacksonville, which was much more along the lines of hostile events attack cycle. And you know, one, one thing we noted in one of our reports earlier today was this is, a, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about some of these incidents as they happen, right? It's kind of heartbreaking to have to do so. But you're looking at it from a security standpoint, you know, one thing that's very interesting about this was it appeared like the shooter perhaps was was canvassing historically black college university, right? A, a Christian African-American university in the Jacksonville area. It's not fully clear on why he didn't connect an attack there. He was spotted by security, but the sheriff said that he did have an opportunity for violence. Not sure why he didn't take it. But what we saw, and, and, and I should say, and thank God, because campus is such an open area that could have gone tragically, tragically worse even than what we saw. But what's interesting to note, and I think important for all organizations to remember, is attackers often don't get to pursue their target uh, that they initially planned for. So they pivot and they look for a soft, accessible target of opportunity, like this retail establishment, and they go and conduct their attack there. And it's an important reminder of why it's so important to understand our threat environment, to build local relationships and know what's going on in our communities, because it doesn't take a lot for an attacker to be frustrated from the attack he was going for, to pivot, find an alternate target. And even though that commercial enterprise or that faith-based organization or that school or whatever it might be, isn't the initial target or really the target of attack at all, indirectly it becomes the target because it's accessible. And so they launch their violence and their hate there, taking lives in this case, tragically, but it had big implications for the organization as well. And we've got to be thinking about these things, right? We don't have to be the target to still be targeted. Yeah, great call out there, Andy. And again, the reference to college campuses, we've seen too many now gun shootings and college campuses, and it could have gotten a lot worse. To your point about, you know, they, you know, they initially get, uh, you know, stopped somewhere and go somewhere else. We talk about that in the hostile events attack yeah. cycle. And please go to gate15.global. Making yourself a hard, hardened target is one of the things that you, the goal is to get them away from your facility and to continue to assess that. Andy, I also want to call out the uh, the shooting from earlier. I think it was earlier this year or late last year. The Walmart or the uh, the the mall shooting. Um, in which the individual just started, the, or that the outlet malls it just started shooting from the parking lot. And, and we talked about this in a Nerd Out podcast, extending that perimeter and consideration for extending the perimeter to those type of areas. And it's something we all have to think about. Look, yeah. we've all been to a Dollar General before. We know how a lot of these retail establishments are set up. And it's very hard. But now, We've got to go a step beyond now and think about how do we extend our security? How do we extend our awareness so that it slows down that attacker or maybe causes them to go somewhere else or or just throw the, up their hands and not, and not do it? So a lot of great points there, Andy. A lot on this topic. And so a lot will be coming out over the next days and weeks for sure. So please keep in check with the Gate 15 Sun. Um, if you haven't signed up for that, please go to the website and please sign up for that as well. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes again. Uh, and then for the hostile events attack cycle, gay15.global, you can also get that the latest version there, uh, which reminds me, I probably do need to do an update to that. So I'll, I'll probably work on that. Andy, that was my round one topic. A lot to say there. What, what do you have for round one? Yeah, and, and a huge one. We could spend the whole show with more, you know, talk yeah. details of that. But but important thing about a lot to think about with a bunch of links. I'm going to go into a very different corner 
and return to a topic that we often like to talk about here at Gate Theme, which is space infrastructure and the criticality of that infrastructure. On uh, Friday a week ago, so somewhere around the 20th or so, um, government partners put together a report. Uh, we'll share the link for the PDF, Safeguarding the U.S. Space Industry, Keeping Your Intellectual Property in Orbit. And what they write there in the opening paragraph is about the foreign about foreign intelligence entities focusing on a commercial space industry for a variety of reasons, right? And they could launch attacks there, not only affecting that critical infrastructure itself, but as our friend Jen Walker likes to often say, space infrastructure is infrastructure for critical infrastructure. And it really is. And, and you know, uh, Axios is an article where they talk about some of the impacts of space infrastructure, some of the sectors that can be impacted by space infrastructure. In a separate report, I saw it was interesting with the timing of this, an article that talks about the fact there have been a number of attacks on prominent space telescopes um, by the from uh, being operated by the National Science Foundation. I think it's up to 10 or 12 over the last couple of weeks. I hadn't previously seen that, thought it was very interesting. Any type of infrastructure obviously affecting our space operations. Um, but I thought it was very interesting that it was being highlighted again. You know, we often talk about the need for space to become designated critical infrastructure that helps facilitate a lot of security and coordination activity. I really appreciate that being mentioned in an article in the OODA loop. They looked at that uh, government warning and they they highlight at the end, hey, join space ISAC. And we certainly encourage everybody involved in the space security mission to do that. Space ISAC is a great community, a great organization, doing great things. And it's so critical that those with an interest in space infrastructure support directly, owners, operators, however it might be, are involved in talking so we can coordinate our, our security and resilience for space assets, which affect everything here on this little blue and green planet we live on. Dave, I'll pause there. Any thoughts on space as critical infrastructure? No, I mean, I think you know my position on this as well. I mean, I think this is long overdue as, as being part of this framework, and I think we need to treat it just as much. Everything now we're doing and a lot of things that we're doing are connected to space. It's a lot more extensive and expansive than than anybody will just, oh, it's it's all this other stuff. No, it's actually, there's a lot of real application to our day-to-day, -day, and I think it's long overdue, Andy. So great, great call out on that front. Yeah, well, thanks. All, all right, Andy, we're going to go to round two. Uh, my first topic, it kind of builds a little bit more on what we talked about last week and I think the week prior to about swatting and doxing. Andy, I don't know, there may be some big indictments going on around this country here. There's a lot of political name calling. There's a lot of political rambling. I think one of the concerning things I'm seeing on this front, um, in previously we were talking about swatting incidents at churches. There's still a lot of that going on in faith-based organizations, synagogues, various, you know, um, mosque and stuff, that, that that stuff is still ongoing. But in this particular part, we're, we're transitioning over to the political realm, starting to call out judges by name, starting to call out prosecutors by name, starting to get real hateful on a lot of different venues and platforms. And you can see that start to play out. And, you know, it's played out in a lot of different venues where individuals feel a calling to address that. Andy, I don't know if you'll remember a couple of years ago when we were talking about some controversial cyber security areas, but the head of the FEC at FCC was targeted by, you know, like individuals are going up to their uh, play, their residence 
yeah. and, and dropping mailings and dropping hateful letters. This type of stuff can get very uh, get out of hand very quickly. In the in the words of Ron Burgundy, that escalated quickly, right? And so a lot of these things are happening. And I think we just need to be mindful. We go back to that security mindfulness. We need to be mindful about when these things are put in the news as frequently and as often as they are. It's very easy in today's day and age to find out residence locations, phone numbers, and other things that, you know, they could put some of these individuals and their extended families or associations at risk. So for organizations, just be mindful as we're, as we're working with people, as we're talking to people, as we're making stands, those, those things carry with them associated risks. Not to say not to do them, as always, but we, we always have to be mindful. So Andy, that's a quick one, but one I wanted to get in there with, with a lot of this stuff that's being put out there on social media, that's being put out there in the news and using legitimate news sources when they come out and and, and call these people out by name. So there, there's where I'm at, Andy. Yeah, I think it's an important one, Dave. I mean, you mentioned the faith-based threats. We've seen a number of those. We've talked about that before recently. But I think, you know, we, we also have talked about and you said ties, ties into the first uh, item we discussed today. There were a bomb threat, or at least a bomb threat, mm -hmm. made to the Fulton County Courthouse um, following Mr. Trump's arrest last week. And again, you know, in this case, it was targeted at the courthouse. But individuals that are, you know, dedicated to an individual, an issue, a cause, whatever that is, you know, might call in threats, whether it's a, a shooting threat or um, there was there was a, a, a false bomb threat at a church over the weekend. You know, or the courthouse here. But again, it reminds us about the potential implications, even if you're not really the target. The courthouse itself wasn't really the target of this guy's ire. It was the whole political process and the arrest. And so this threat got called in. So again, how could that potentially manifest itself at our business, at our commercial industry, at our faith-based organization? Those things can happen. And as we've talked about before, the important thing, yes, we've got to take those threats seriously. And so do we understand what to do when those threats are received? Are we thinking about the potential of those threats? Are we talking to our staff about the potential of those threats? Are we educating them on what to do in response to those once they happen, if they happen? Who do we call? What do we do? What's our process? What's the procedure? Do we evacuate? So forth, so forth down the line. Got to have a plan. Got to have a process. Got to keep people threat aware, ready in case something should happen, trained on what to do. Let them know your expectations, escalation procedures, and all the things go along with that. It's so critical. And, and again, this, you know, in this case, Mr. Trump didn't do anything. It was a supporter who, who, who got inspired to do something that can show up in so many different ways across so many different issues. We've got to keep these things in mind. We've got to be ready. Yeah. And, and you know, I would just touch on that last point you made is like it, it, it's it's. In a lot of these instances, most people are going to just be dismissive of what people say in the media on the shows. It, it's it's for that one or two people that do take it and feel influenced and feel inspired to do something, feel like they're the one going to be stand up for the cause, whatever that cause may be. And I think that, that's where we need to be very mindful and aware of. But you're right. Great points about security planning, preparedness, training our people, all the right things there, Andy. So that's my second round, Andy. What do you got for round two? Well, I'm going to kind of keep it in a similar-ish realm, to be honest, talking about awareness and preparedness. And I want to sort of uh, pull another Jen Walker type reference here and do a public service announcement in case you're not tracking, just so that you're aware. On the 4th of October, the FEMA and the SEC are planning a nationwide emergency alert test. That's something we should be aware of because your phone's going to get excited. Your uh, television might start screaming. Your radio might start screaming at you. So just to summarize, 
Uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, and the FCC, which you had a hard time with earlier, Dave, will conduct a nationwide test of the emergency alert system and wireless emergency alerts on October 4th at 2.20 p.m. Eastern time. So you can do the math in your individual time zones. The purpose of the test is to ensure that the systems continue to be effective means of warning the public about emergencies, particularly those on the national level. And if you think about you know, some of the talk around what's happened in Maui and the wildfires, if you look at some instances that have gone awry with previous warnings in other countries, you think about you know, the, the devastation of September 11th, which we're coming up on the you know, anniversary of here in a couple of weeks. The importance of a capable emergency notification system is critical. That that works properly is vital. And so we've got to test these things out. This test is going to have some additional um, things integrated into it. Uh, one part of that is to make sure that we're being able to better address individuals with special needs and disabilities. So that's being factored in as part of this test. So um, be aware, uh, 2.20 p.m. Eastern time on the 4th of October, Nationwide test doesn't require anything of anybody. Just just have a heads up, know about it, properly look at what's coming, be aware what that might look like in case there's ever a real emergency. You don't want to dismiss these things. You want to know how it comes in. You want to be able to action however you need to. It could be critical guidance that could save yourself, your life, your family, even your organization. So just a heads up there, Dave. Yeah, no, I think this is a really important topic because, I mean, I know we don't overlook communications plans, but we don't test them all too often either. And I think that's a, the really important part here is, is like, you know, it's the phone tree type of thing is like, hey, I called you, you called it, you know, whatever the plan is, the whatever process is, you know, if you're going to put it down on paper, rehearse it, drill it, go through it. But a really important part, communications plan, especially having those backup communications, having the ways to make sure that individuals, if for some reason they're not able to get to the primary way, have another way to find out what's going on. That's always important part. So, so great call out there, Andy. So Andy, with that, we've gone through two rounds. We're going to get into the quick hit section. You know, Andy, I, it'd be, wouldn't it be a podcast if I didn't call out the weatherman and sorry, but look in the last, we've been saying this all along. Don't worry about the numbers in June, July and August, you know, the peak hurricane season is coming up. Look over the last two weeks, we've seen a, a number of name storms come up. We've seen obviously Hillary on the West coast. We've seen in uh, Texas, the tropical storms in Texas and hurricanes coming up. Well, we think a, a, a storm is coming up the Gulf of Mexico, likely to impact Florida um, and the uh, the southeast. You know, a lot of things are brewing in the Caribbean. There's a lot of stuff brewing from coming across the Atlantic. This is the time now, everyone. Yes. We've been talking about it. We're now hitting that peak season. Uh, get, get ready. And, and if you haven't prepared... Look, there's a lot of great websites out there, ready.org. You can go to NOAA. You can go to um, a lot of different websites to, to find out some preparedness tips. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be crazy. It's very simple steps, all talking about family and individual preparedness. So, Andy, that's my weatherman for the day. What do you got for quick hits? Weatherman, I appreciate it. Thanks for that update. It's, I'm a concerned parent with a young Florida college student now, so I appreciate that very much. But I've got a lot, Dave, and we'll share the links for these. But a number of interesting U.S. government updates over the last week. So the FBI released a flash report on Chinese cyber threat actors and exploiting a, a zero-day vulnerability that's been in the news for a while, to be honest. But a new flash report there. CISA, NSA, and, and NIST released a quantum readiness uh, heads-up, sort of things to think about as we look at quantum computing and technology and threats associated with that. The FBI released a new PSA on cryptocurrency scams, and the list goes on. We'll share the links. 
a number of really interesting infrastructure-related incidents over the past week, including what we like to call here blended threats and what looks like an interesting potential Russian attack on Poland's railway system. So much on ransomware. I'm not even going to scratch the surface of that. There's a bunch of links we'll share. Keep up with that. Well, a special shout out there to our friends Silas Cutler and eCrime, which were uh, highlighted in recent government technology report. It was great to see that. We'll share the link for that. We appreciate both of those individual and organizations greatly. And of course, we all are aware of the uh, goings on in, in Ukraine and Russia as uh, Ukraine celebrates its Independence Day, as uh, a little bit of inter Russian politics plays out with uh, the Wagner Group's uh, head eliminated. A lot of interesting things, Dave. The last quick I'd just like to mention is that Gate 15 is up on threads. You can follow us at Gate 15 underscore, I'm sorry, Gate underscore 15 underscore resilience. We'll share the link. We'd love to have you follow us along as we set up on that new platform. Uh, join us there, check it out and see what we're sharing. We're going to be sharing the sun highlights and other things there on a daily basis. So Dave, fast as I could, those were all the quick hits. A lot of topics, more than we could get into. Thanks for highlighting the ones that you did. Thanks for letting me be a part of the show. Yeah, no, this is great, Andy. I think there's a lot of great information. And again, a lot of that stuff is going to be in the show notes too. A lot of great resources in there. Andy and I cover a lot of the highlights and a lot of the key points. But if you want a lot more of the details, get in there and see some of those links. Hopefully that can be a good thing. And again, the the Gate 15 Sun is a great resource to go into. You can get a lot of these great links on a, on a, on a near daily basis. So Andy, great work today. Andy, I will also share with you. All right. Um, I, I started pumping again. And so yes. what I mean by that is I've gotten back in the gym, thanks to you and, and our good friend, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I got back into the gym this week. I'm excited about that. Uh, Arnold does a great app, uh, and thanks for sharing that with me, Andy, the, the pump app. Um, it, it's really great, really positive messaging out of all of it, and certainly I needed it. So, Andy, <laughs> you'll see me starting to uh, flex a little bit more on here, and hopefully- oh, I was going to say, you already look a little buff. I didn't know what it was attributed to. Now I know. You look great. <laughs> There we go. There we go. All right, Andy, I want to remind everybody about all the Gate 15 podcasts that are out there. Andy, you also have the Gate 15 interview in which you did a great interview this week. So everyone check out for that. You can do a two for Tuesday uh, listen on that. You also have Nerd Out where I did my most recent uh, two thirds of the year awards. We talked about that in September. We may have a little bit different schedule for Nerd Out. It's just maybe I'm, I'm working on a bunch of different interviews and so trying to just get all that together may mean we're not on our normal week, but I'll let you all know about that. And of course, you can always listen to all the other stuff on the Gate 15 channel on all those popular podcast uh, platforms. So with that, Andy, I will bid you all adieu.